Hello everyone, this is Beto, one of the editors of the pod. Before we start the podcast, we want to warn everyone ahead of time that this episode talks about heavy topics such as transphobia, homophobia, and essay. So listeners' discretion is advised. Everybody, what's good, y'all? Welcome to the Heat Wave. I'm Chewy, he, him. I'm ML, he, him. I'm L, they, them. And thank you for listening. Today, we want we're gonna talk about an individual in history that not many people actually know about, which I'm surprised. And like, there, he's more known within like in southern Mexico. Mm-hmm. The queer communion in southern Mexico, but in the in general Mexican history, people don't know about him, which is unfortunate because it represents a side of of the of the Mexican Revolution that people generally do not know about, which is unfortunate. But we're gonna be talking about Emilio Robles, which Colonel Emilio Robles, who was a Zapatista general. Or colonel from the the Southern Liberation Army. But before we talk about like the history of Colonel Robles, we're gonna talk. We're gonna hand it to ML, giving a general understanding of how Marxists see history. So, well, Marxists uh, generally see history the same as they view everything else through a dialectical materialist lens, right? Uh, usually, this is called historical materialism, uh, which means that you first the primary thing you look at is like the the social relations of a society given society and how those have evolved through time right like uh so the social relations and the underlying economic system right so like all of that is what you primarily look at uh when determining what's going on in a given historical period um instead of say like uh what is usually taught in school is like to look at like the <clears throat> principal like uh historical figures of a, of a certain time period uh so you would avoid doing stuff like that and instead of look at like the relations of uh power and production of uh society um and then build from there um so yeah that's sort of like a general view Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Any questions? No. No? Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Thank you for that explanation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, all right. So, have y'all ever heard of Emilio Robles before? Yes. No? No. Yes. Yes. Where'd you hear about him? I heard about him in... Uh, this organization called Transcore Pueblo, and they do like sort of uh, like educational events sometimes for their general meetings, mm-hmm. and it just sort of came up there. Okay. I mean, they're trans. was it like in passing? Uh, it was sort of like a Mexican trans people historical like look. You know, they just like give you a bunch of people like, hey, who's this? Look them up as a group, right? And then you present to everybody else. And I just happened to get Emilio Robles. <laughs> nice. So, uh, um, yeah. That's cool. That's what I learned. I, before that, I had ran into him in passing on Wikipedia. Uh, mm. I just, it just, some, like, somebody tweeted about this name, and I was like, I don't know who that is. And I just Googled it, you know, it came up. Okay. Uh, but I didn't go too deep in that time. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I never heard about this. Um, so, yeah. That's, I see. Yeah, I heard about Emmanuel like back in 2020 um, when I first read about it, read about him in, in my class. So um, I read about him recently, so I felt like there was like a need to just like talk about him. If you never heard about him. <laughs> now you do. Now, now you, you do. do. Now you do. Now you did. 
I will so, say I did hear of like other soldiers that were women, but they would they would like present as men mm-hmm. because of the benefits. Yeah. Really, you've heard about that? I've heard of uh, the Adelitas, right, yeah. which are just Mexican women soldiers, and they they would not um, act as men or anything. They would just be women. They wouldn't wear skirts and stuff. Like, there's pictures of them wearing the skirts mm-hmm. and the uh, sombrero mm-hmm. with the guns, you know? Yeah. Are, you speak, uh, uh, are you speaking, like, in general, like, wars? No. Oh, in, in yeah. general? Oh, I thought you were talking about the Mexican Revolution. No. My bad. Because I know for the Mexican Revolution, it was, like, it was a lot more dangerous, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. you got caught. Yeah. But I think even then, in American wars, it was still pretty bad if they found out you were a girl. Oh, it did happen in American. Yeah, um, there was history too, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a lot. I don't, I don't know if it was a lot, but there was like a few. I mean, Mulan, right? This Mulan's like <laughs> the most famous, like yeah. I mean, doesn't <laughs> Mulan come from like a a a Chinese story? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, like real. It's like based on a Chinese story, so maybe war, you know, blurs yeah, the line yeah. of gender a little bit. Yeah, I had to because of their conditions. Just to start off the discussion on on Robles, um, we're going to talk about his childhood. Um, <clears throat> so, Robles was born in, sorry if I butcher this, in Xochipala, uh, Guerrero. Yeah, Xochipala, Guerrero. Um his family was a f- was was a family of ranchers, a social class that was pretty, you know, um, they had power in the region. Um, but when um, when he was a kid, um, he grew up. He learned about how to use weapons and horses, but also was part of the a Catholic congregation that. Um, refined women's spiritual education, the Daughters of Maria, and was try was kind of like conditioned to also do like domestic family tasks. So um, he basically had like a a typical um, rancher upbringing. Yeah, yeah, a feminine rancher upbringing. Right. So, um, but. Um, when when the revolution started when when he was like i guess in in his 20s um when he became a guerrilla fighter um emilio discovered in his own words quote the sensation of being completely free something he had not experienced while living as a woman in a town that he couldn't leave only on foot which is quite interesting because like um when people, like, when you learn about revolutions in, in the United States, it's always like, oh, man, it's so nasty. Like, so much crime has happened, so much violence, blah, blah, blah. But, like, when you hear, like, personal accounts of people fighting in a revolution, like, in a, in a revolution that is, like, um, specifically here in the, in the Mexican Revolution, it was a... And in certain, certain, certain fronts, it was a class, class war. So, um, being in that struggle, you, you develop like this sense of, 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 of like liberation and whether that is in the individual or in the societal level, um, which is what always people like when, when reading this article, my, my, I, I myself, uh, included I find like this statement always impress or like always interesting to, to look over um, what do y'all think about this I mean it is interesting um, uh, you said these are uh, quotes from a newspaper article that he gave an interview to or what well the quote um, yeah. I'm not sure where the quote is but this is I'm quoting directly from like a like an academic like journal oh okay 
Anyway, um, I I find it super interesting that is when he joined as a guerrilla fighter that he had the sensation. And I mean, obviously it had to do with the, the guns, right? Uh, there's later on, he, uh, it talks about how uh, every time somebody would address him as a, like a, a woman or or feminine or anything, he would take out his gun. Uh, <laughs> 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 he would just straight up take out his gun. Every, <laughs> and it's like, what'd you say? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, that just like, you know, it just reminds me of the Mao quote. You know what I'm saying? Political <laughs> yeah. power comes out of the barrel of a gun, son. Like it does. Yeah. You know, even on the individual level, obviously here. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It even talks about. I mean, you're gonna talk about it later. Uh, like when he got in a fight and whatever. Yeah. That's so badass. Uh, but like you know. Wouldn't be able to do that if he, if he wasn't good at shooting people, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> if, he, if he wasn't good at aiming, uh, I bet, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, I think it's important. I think, I, I really think it, it it speaks to, because right now you're seeing a lot of, like, trans people and, um, uh, and like, organizations sprouting up in uh, training uh, LGBTQ people in how to use guns. And I think that's just such important things to do right now, you know, because where things are headed, you know, I think Emilio here is an exemplary uh, of like the, the, the power, like this kind of training can give somebody even in an individual level, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm not, I'm anti-individualism or whatever, but even on the individual level, you know, when thinking about like how things were at the time, for somebody like that to exist, you know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's super inspiring, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Gil? I also think it's really badass. And, um, like, it's just interesting kind of reading this whole story and, like, our perspective now. Because, like, compared to, like, back then... Because this is like what nineteen twenties, nineteen tens, nineteen tens. Damn. Yeah, so it's been like one hundred ten years ago. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. And like, <laughs> we're still like, people are still scared to come out as trans, which is really sad. But this is very inspiring, I think. And like, it also kind of raises like, at least for me, it raises kind of the question of where 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 do people where do trans people like find out that they're trans you know like this like he didn't know until he was there in the in the like fighting and stuff and like Mm -hmm. already had the training as opposed to like now kids kind of find out like you hear them you hear people say that they find out when they're like really little like five years old they're already like acting different Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just reminds me of like the trans friends I know that I like as I watched them uh, transition. I watched like what were the triggers that kind of made help like made them come to that place. Mm-hmm. So this is cool to see too that you can like you're able to see kind of where they were like, oh, actually, maybe I'm not a girl. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just on the record, I don't. I, I'm not sure um, if the if this article like mentioned like a moment mm-hmm. that he realized that he was a man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's always interesting to think about that. Also, like one thing I forgot to mention: um, when he was a kid, he wanted to become a. To, he wanted to study medicine which was a masculine profession so um he he had like this while he while his family tried to like acculturate him to act like a woman he still had like um these these inclinations that were very masculine mm-hmm. so it was it was very it's interesting to 
Yeah. I I find it really interesting uh, how he they talk about how he would uh, exemplify sort of the macho man of the time. Yeah. Um, we could talk about that later. <laughs> um, okay. But first, um, let's talk about his time like in the army mm. because um, he is a coronel. Um, yeah. People, when people talk about um, Robles, like through through academia or through, um, like, and just in reference, they never talk about him being a coronel in the mm-hmm. revolution. Um, he supported, like, talking about like specific like wars, battles. Um, he was in the he supported in the Agua Prieta rebellion. Um, he. He fought against the Adolfo de la Huerta rebels, which was basically like this, this, like basically these two instances were kind of like counter revolutions, counter um, offensives by like people that wanted to go against. Like if if you if you study the Mexican Revolution, it's a it's a shit show. Um, like which side to to support, but. Um, but what I can say confidently is that um, because he was part of the, the Southern Liberation Army, he was always on the on the on the right side. <laughs> um, because if you know about the Southern Liberation Army, they lost, they got defeated. Um, the Mexican Revolution was defeated, unfortunately. But um, regardless of 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 his time, um, he was. He was very involved in like socialist organizing. Um, he was part of the Socialist Party of Guerrero, a delegate of the Central League of Agrarian Communities in Xochipala, um, and an affiliate of the National Confederation of Veterans of the Revolution, and a member of the Ranchers Association of Supango del Rio. So he was very organized. He he was very organized and you can assume pretty ideological um, um, and from his time in the in the army um, when from his time in the army he was awarded um, like he was decorated in the uh, in the Ministry of National Defense or the Secretaria de Defensa Nacional um, in 1974 where they called him a veteran of the revolution um so yeah he was very decorated he was very he was a notable figure um within the 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 army so um i it's necessary to mention that but i go ahead i think that just also implies that he was very well read yeah, uh, because if you're going to be a coronet and all that stuff, you probably have to have learned some tactics and books and stuff, you know, about war and shit. Um, and then, you know, to be a part of a socialist organization, you have I had to write, read some socialist literature. And uh, I just think that that just uh, the fact that uh, they were facing, you know, uh huge amounts of misogyny um, mm-hmm. because they were trans men um, and uh, transphobia to ha- them to have made it the all uh, to where they did to where he did uh, it, that just implies to me that they're probably super well read and like knowledgeable about shit yeah um, especially because of how well decorated he was yeah Moving on to like more on how he acted as a person, <laughs> um, <laughs> you mentioned earlier that he basically embodied the ideal of a macho revolutionary soldier. Yeah, courageous and daring, capable of responding to aggression immediately and violently, skilled in handling arms and horses, and had um, a lot of uh, rom- romantic relationships with with models and and uh, reproduce the gender polarity of feminine and masculine roles. Right. 
um, which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that to me implies a lot of things. Um, Elaborate. I mean, to to say that he exemplified the macho revolutionary man, and that he was sort of like a mujeriego type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, that to me implies that he was a little bit toxic too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. He, you know, what I'm saying. I mean, it was not uncommon for, you know, guys to be hitting women then. Oh yeah. At those times, so I'm assuming that he sort of. Uh, reflected that as well. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I find it crazy, but I mean, it also totally makes sense to me uh, that it would be that way. Yeah, he is a man at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, like, I can quote more um, Yeah, from the article. Um, quote, Emilio frequently indulged in alcoholic excesses. He was authoritarian. He was a womanizer, <laughs> cursed, and was rarely disposed to account for his actions among family members, not even during the periods of illness that mark a lengthy old age. Emilio Robles, a macho among machos, took the stereotype of masculinity that prevailed at, it, at his rung of the social ladder to an extreme. Robles's masculinity implied a division of the functions socially assigned to men and women within rural environments as a typical rural man Emilio never took on the domestic tasks that he must have learned in his youth so yeah you're very much correct yeah. <laughs> um yeah Elle do you have like perspective on this um I think it's really interesting that it says that he reproduced the gender polarity of feminine and masculine roles because so like currently people are starting to see gender on like the binary spectrum yeah but but trans people are still like reinforcing the whole like if you're a woman you know you do women things if you're a man (laughs) you do man things so it's just interesting that like that that happens when now we're like you know people are trying to like get away from that but then it's like you can't do that if you're also trying to be like trans people are valid because they're like validating gender roles but if you want to validate them you also have to validate the gender roles they're choosing to validate so (laughs) it's like i don't know my thing with that is just like how like what (laughs) it's a double bind yeah yeah that's interesting i so I had thought of that too, but before, um, I don't know what does anybody have thoughts on it. Yeah, I've also thought. Yeah, about I thought it. of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, I'm personally, I, I, I have more tendency towards like I'm a gender abolitionist mm-hmm. person, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I haven't come to a a good line on this yeah. personally myself either. Like what? What does it mean to be a gender abolitionist and also be <laughs> trans accepting? I guess mm-hmm. you know. I feel like um, this is I. I've gained a lot of insight from like Esperanza. Shout out! Shout um, out! Um, <laughs> oh man, we gotta Espe- maybe we gotta bring her on and talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be sick. Um, <laughs> but um, regardless, uh, um, um. I remember there was, like, a post that Esperanza posted about talking about, like, yeah, gender abolition is necessary, it's good, but we're not there yet at all. We're not there yet at all. Agree, agree. So, like, um, because, you know, trans people are are being killed, trans people are being targeted, um, like, there are, it's, like, it's just... It's it's a goal that we want, and um, it could be. I mean, also, but like, what you like, what does it mean to be gender abolitionist, right? Like, does it mean? I think maybe. Yeah, that's I think maybe, I think group. yeah, like like maybe I think like maybe even supporting. So maybe I just had a thought recently, right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
maybe supporting trans identity is uh, supporting trans, I mean, gender abolition, because if gender abolition doesn't mean like to like ban genders, right? It's to, I, I guess it could also mean to like, you could be any gender you want at any given time you want, right? So like, like for a trans person to, uh, you know, be able to change genders like that or in sex, right? Uh, like that, that makes it more acceptable uh, to have the trans uh, abolition perspective where like you're basically saying, you know, gender's not really, it's a socially constructed thing. So it's like, it can, it changes over time, you know? And so like, it, it's, uh, it's not like, uh, essential, like a, like a, um, what is it called? Biologically essential thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it shouldn't be biologically determined. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it, it makes sense actually. Never mind. <laughs> the gender abolition in trans people. Yeah. 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 But it also said in the, the document that he wouldn't, always identify as a man right sometimes he would like wait really or like at the end when he died okay oh so there's that rumor we'll get to that okay okay i wanted to talk about that too we'll get to that because that's not the only time okay right no that wasn't the only time and no 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 i mean like that's not the only time i've heard that rumor said about somebody oh okay you know what i'm saying yeah so i'm skeptical that they even said that all right Moving on to the to the more difficult stuff of the episode, we're going to be talking about Robles' struggle for acceptance. So, yeah. Um, just like today, um, trans people aren't accepted. They're still like the, 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 um, the butt of, of, of jokes in many people in, in America and throughout the world. Um, so quoting from the, from this article, um, this is what people said, and this is what the, the article said, um, quote, his identity was the butt of many jokes, crass, and even among those who offered him their protection, like, um, some generals, uh, that he's very acquainted with, like some guy named Castrejon and Lopez de Nava. Both military men adopted an ambiguous position towards Emilio, given that they officially certified his masculinity while referring in private to the Coronela. Um, this is the this is the only time I'm gonna I'm gonna be dead naming um, to the private the Coronela Emilio Robles. This is the type of of constant um, things that that happen throughout. Um, him being in the military and being out of the military um, constantly um, people referenced him as, as a woman constantly dead named him as, as a, a using his, his dead name um, and and also he there's this account where he was assaulted by a group of men who wanted to reveal his the secrecy of his anatomy and in self-defense he killed those two aggressors and um which cost him a jail sentence that he served in in Chilpancingo. this imprisonment is rumored to have inflicted additional humiliation as emilio was held in women's facilities um what do y'all feel about this this is yeah this is um unfortunately what happens today um yeah i mean it's still it does i mean yeah like, it sounds like something that would happen today right like yeah if uh, a trans person is 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 arrested they a lot of times they will be held in in the in the opposing sex um opposing genders um in jail i think it just happened to like what's her what's her name not that i um um, endorsing Nikita Dragon, but she was put in a man's jail uh, when she was arrested recently, um, which just is not something I 
fuck with, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, it happens all the time now. Uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that he killed the assaulters. The assaulters, uh, you know, mm. better that than the alternative, right? So, yeah. What do you think? Mm, I think, like, a lot of the stuff that happened to him would definitely still happen today. Um, even, like, the part that says, even among those who offered him their protection, like, them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like the same way as, like, so I'm non-binary, and a lot of time I'll hear people use different pronouns for me or else I'll see people switch up like they won't use them in front of me but they'll use them in like talking to other people yeah behind your back yeah Yeah. and it really goes to show like no matter what you do you'll never be seen as the way you want to be seen when you're trans or non-binary and a lot of people take that position of being ambiguous or just kind of like neutral and are just like they they reap benefits from talking to you or being friends with you so they're gonna respect you when they're like when you're there but beyond that they're not really gonna care yeah another like Another thing that, like, um, this article brought up was about, God, this, this, um, I think this journalist, um, this reporter from, from I don't know what, the, what country, but she's, she's from Europe, um, Gert, Gertrude Duby. Um, this is what I quoted from the, um, from the, from the article, quote, a militant in the socialist movement opposing fascism in Europe, Gertrude Duby imagined Mexico as a land of social revolution. She took photographs of a dozen um, female participants in the Zapatista movement, whom she interviewed over the course of several months. She asked questions about, um, this is referencing um, Amelio. Um, he, she asked questions about his participation in the revolution addressing the Zapatistas always as a male, as everyone else did. However, both her field notes and final uh, final version of her chronicles referring Robles uh, in the feminine as La, Cor- La Coronela um, will forgive me for treating her as a woman. She honors the female sex with her courage, intelligence, and industriousness. Dewey's desire to Doobie's desire was to find in revolutionary and indigenous Mexico a local figure whom would incarnate her own ideals of revolution, social justice, and egalitarian emancipation for women. End quote. So she basically just co-opted. Um, she just p- picked and chose um, um, Robles' experience for her own narrative's for her own uh, narrative setting um, perspective. Her, like, she, like, it's troubling, um, but I want to, I I can, I can add my perspective later, but what do y'all two think about this? About her doing that? Yeah. Because it, like, referencing to what you said earlier, like, about how people basically, like, opportunistically like are very nice to your face so mm-hmm. they can benefit off of you but then behind your back they just do the same bullshit mm-hmm. it, that's what basically um doobie did right yeah for sure um even though like it's you want to root for her because she's like uh, what is she doing? She's like interviewing Zapatistas. Yeah, and she's like a she's an anti-fascist, right, right, socialist from from Europe. She she I I assume she would call herself a feminist, and 
she advocated for feminism in Europe. So she, we we would support what she does, but how she right? You want like we want to be like okay, like yes, but like no because why is she saying lies about um, Emilio like honoring the female sex like if she never said that and never intended to do that never even intended to do that yeah i mean especially especially considering how emilio acted (laughs) (laughs) how how he acted how he was raised like that all obviously had like played a part and then she's just over here like no she's honoring the female like girl (laughs) if you want if you want feminist like content like don't like, go somewhere else, because mm-hmm. that's just, it just, now it's just, like, really disrespectful. Yeah. And, like, comes off as just, like, transphobic. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, this was a whole different time. That's true. Um, I can see a socialist uh, wanting to... Uh, fucking I guess uh what is it um honor Emilio um to like other socialists and they would have they would do this sort of as a like um how do you say to soften the image of them up you know to to other people that they're writing to you know what i'm saying kind mm-hmm. of because of how much transphobia there is at the time it makes sense in that way but i i still don't like it personally but mm-hmm. i mean it's not the worst things that happened to emilio right <laughs> yeah unfortunately 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 yeah 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 i guess like one thing another thing that I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. from the from like the struggles of like the revolution is um, these other accounts of like of homophobia. Um, quoting the the article again, uh, quote: "Tolerance towards marginalized sexualities was not the norm in the Zapatista movement." Manuel Palafox of Puebla, one of the main intellectuals of Zapatismo was repeatedly discredited because of his of his homosexual inclinations. Marilio Mejia, a guerrillero leader and nephew of the Zapata brothers, Emiliano and Eugenio, categorically dismissed Palafox, quote, a poor devil of the wrong sex such as yourself cannot be called a friend to those of us who are real men. Um, end quote. So yeah, um, yeah. Even though, uh, even though, um, Robles was a, a coronel, even though Robles basically won a lot of respect um, as a as a revolutionary, as a as a you can say as a socialist as well. He still never got acceptance from anybody. Right. Um, well, I would say more. He was more of the the exception than the rule, right? Like, is that what you're saying? He was never accepted for who he was. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but he kind of was. Well, you know. Yeah, through the power of the gun. Through the power. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's my point. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. not only was he. I mean, yeah, people would say shit behind his back. Uh. But it seems to me like he even got his pension. No, and he didn't get a pension. I mean, he didn't get a pension. I mean, none of them got a pension. I think, like, three people got pension eventually or something like that. Oh. Um, but eventually he was, like, uh, counted as a veteran, you know? Yeah. And in a gender-affirming way. Um, and then... For a while. For a while. And we'll get, we'll get to there. Yeah. yeah. And then... But, like... Um, it sounds more like he was the exception, like he 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 was more like the the as high as you could get at that time. I would say like you know he was the the exception rather than the rule, yeah. the rule being that 
you would not even be able to do any of the stuff that he did at all. Yeah. Unless for like exceptional circumstances that he was in. So just to talk about like the like the la- the latter life of of um Robles's life and and the legacy mm-hmm. um this is what the article stated quote the most arduous battle fought by coronel Robles was not out in the open and did not smell of gunpowder nor did it require bearing the agrarian ideological arms of the Mexican Revolution. It was a cultural battle, a slow and silent struggle, whose great victory was to become a man by denying a female physical anatomy. When he died, rumor held that in his final moments, Emilio uh, Robles requested that he be buried dressed as a woman thus denying the masculinity he had sustained in life, occasionally at gunpoint. This is what we were talking about earlier, um, or y'all mentioned earlier, about how basically people were rumoring that, oh my god, uh, Robles was, was at the end of the day a, a woman because he basically requested when, when he died to be buried, but literally there's it was just a rumor and it's kind of it was kind of there it was insubstantial there's no evidence proving that yeah. i and, honestly doubt that it's true yeah and and it and it kind of I, I feel like like what happened after his death is just that's just just narrative uh they're just making a narrative because when he was buried um Basically, on the gravestone, it says, Here lies the remains of Coronela uh, Zapatista. Um, and I'm saying his, his dead name. And then, um, to say that this is the legacy of this person. And, yeah. It is what yeah. it is. I mean, that's not the first time I hear that sort of rumor from somebody. Um <laughs> And it's like not the only thing, right? Like they would always. There's also like uh, rumors of like um, what's his name, Richard Dawkins. There's Richard Dawkins is like a famous atheist guy that died, and there's rumors that he um, he said that he believed in God when he was in his deathbed or whatever. And like this is like this is like sort of like a constant rumor that happens for people, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this is something that I read, and I was like, that's probably bullshit. Like that either like that's probably like a family member that never accepted them or like you know people that just like say that shit you know yeah um yeah i mean yeah i mean it's and it's not like a rumor that's like sort of tied to like it's it's super widespread like even globally right like there's uh there's conspiracy theories of like um like people being secret Muslims, right? Like <laughs> when, yeah. when they die, they turn to Allah or something like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. this is this is a real thing that people say. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. that 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 rumor specifically try, strikes me as so, uh, could almost be dismissed. You know, as false, like almost certainly, in my in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. There's yeah. no way. Because why would he go his whole life being masculine and then at the end being like mm-hmm. exactly? It makes no sense. Not. Yeah. And then, yeah, just another point I wanted to bring up is like, I'm not sure if it's like the Mexican military, but like they basically like after he died, he was recognized as like a coronela officially. Mm-hmm. So reversing like the honor of of being a veterano. Right. So yeah, basically historical revisionism again mm-hmm. and yeah that's that and that's um and like when when he was in his like throughout his whole life he just basically tried to be just a regular individual in his in his town in Guerrero and like constantly just face discrimination constantly faced um just oppression 
And then, yeah, people people might conclude that he lost that battle because he died, which is really sad. But yeah, um, what what should what should um I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure how people like there's there's um. One thing that, fucking let me erase. One thing that I was like told about in my um in my classes, or in the class that I I read this I read this text, was that Robles, yeah he was a trans man, but he didn't like fight for trans issues. He didn't fight for um, advocacy of of or like visibility of of. Of trans people or or of um of queerness in general so um like it was it, one thing that was brought up was like it's interesting how people talk about um Robles's um life and how he can be as a as a point of reference for um trans visibility while at the end of the day he didn't support that Mm-hmm. So, what do y'all feel about that point? Who said that? It, it's just like it's 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 someone that I know that that was studying this, this. Oh, well, they didn't even have those words. Like they didn't have a concept of transitioning, and they didn't yeah. have visibility, queer, nothing. So, like, of course, he couldn't like advocate for others if he didn't even know himself. That's what he was. Like, who knows how he, like, conceptualized it in his mind, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he can even, like, of course he can be a point of reference, but, like, like, really can he? Because, like, how did he even know? Like, how would he know about, Mm -hmm. you know, those issues? And I can't imagine, like, especially in Guerrero, there being more trans men in his time or at least people who were like out about it you know yeah like if there was they weren't gonna go tell him because they didn't know either yeah i yeah i I agree with you i don't don't think this is fair criticism because or even a criticism at all because it's like it's impossible for him to be advocating for trans people when trans people in the sense that we know or like the trans movement in the sense that we know it didn't even fucking exist at the time. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't even know about that stuff because, like, as you said, those words weren't even invented yet, you know? So how could he have advocated for trans issues if trans issues didn't exist? You know what I'm saying? Or, like, you know, in the the spotlight, they weren't... Like, no one was talking about it because it it really wasn't even seen as an issue either. It was seen as, like, the right thing to do Mm -hmm. if somebody was trans and then you told them to, like, be a girl or whatever. Like, that's kind of, like, like what you're supposed to do. It's, like, now. It's, like, if kind of the same way if somebody wanted to transition now and someone didn't believe that was okay, they're going to be, like, no, you're a girl, like, or whatever. You're a boy. You know, they kind of reinforce their sex. But... Yeah, I don't know, it's just like, I don't think you can really say that, like, that he didn't fight for trans rights, like, of course he didn't, it's fucking 1928 or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> who's fighting for trans rights, nobody. Yeah. And he was a socialist, you know, uh, yeah. so I would assume, um, more focused on uh, general liberation um, and uh, the abolition of class, which would in turn, you know, make it easier for him uh, just in general, you know. So in that sense, he would be freer to be who he was. Um, So in that sense, he was fighting for trans rights, but like you just... You know, in 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 the conceptual way that we think of it now, he just was not probably thinking it in that way. Yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. 
and nobody was those yeah. concepts didn't exist because mm-hmm. the material conditions for those concepts didn't exist you know yeah for those to come up you know you need like a whole range of people uh building these ideas on top of each other uh for mm-hmm. these concepts to emerge and like that you know just didn't exist at the time so it's just impossible for him to even be able to do that you know what i mean so yeah. and like i feel like today it's really easy to talk about people on the individual level because of like how much we're able to find out or how much we know but back then i mean even the gender roles mm. that he was reinforcing were not very good like right he like right we we kind of assumed like he was an aggressive like partner and stuff Mm -hmm. which isn't very like trans rights friendly either (laughs) like i don't know it's not very like right (laughs) fighting for anything you're just like kind of being a shitty human (laughs) (laughs) and then you're just kind of like backing it up by being like well i'm a man so it's fine (laughs) but like it's still not fine doesn't matter (laughs) so yeah it's just like a lot of things that go into play Mm-hmm. that like can't really you can't really just argue that like he didn't mm-hmm. stand for trans rights right even people like in the 50s 60s w- that were trans didn't know they were trans right mm-hmm. yeah. good point I guess to wrap up on on discussing um, Emmanuel Robles, what um what did what what would you say like what's the biggest thing you took out of this this article and I you can oh you can say it first if you want to what i took out yeah like what what impressed you the most like what did you mm-hmm. take out what was the most notable thing you, you got from this uh it's kind of funny because i took <laughs> um ml saying that everybody should be trained with a weapon because as like yeah, like, on the individual level, like, that's going to be more beneficial than if we were just, like, oh, no one should have a gun. No, because there's still going to be authority with guns, and it's just better to have your own protection. Yeah. And, like, a reason to, like, intimidate people if they, like, disrespect you. I think that's pretty badass. I feel like we're kind of opening, like this like new door of like how to see these things because this person was from like a century ago yeah and we're still seeing like people acting the way they acted Mm. towards them Mm. today Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like opening up that door of like when are you guys going to learn that it's just not decent human behavior to (laughs) (laughs) to oppress somebody Mm mm-hmm for their identity, which has, like, nothing to do with no one else but them. So, yeah. I wouldn't say that we're opening a new door. <laughs> but um, I do say that, yeah, it is good and necessary that we bring this up. Because whatever we post, whatever we say on this podcast, it's going to make people have these discussions with other people. And... um potentially change other people's minds so you know trickle on that so and that's how it is with like any form of like of information that you get so yeah mm-hmm. what do you think Am yeah I-, I mean i i sort of took away the same thing uh about you know the necessity for training uh weapons and arms um weapons training i guess uh, and yeah, just like um, how much of a badass Emilio was, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
and just like just sort of the general problems that we still facing and that he faced in his time you know yeah. uh in just in general both in, in in his um sort of personal life and sort of like the um, what is it called uh the like the historical perspective on 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 his life and his identity uh, and how uh, sort of um, even as socialists we gotta you know take it uh, more seriously the um, how people sort of identify themselves and like um, like how they not, not sort of identified but like even just how they related to other people you know cause like that socialist lady, um, Gertrude, or Gertrude, Gertrude Doobie, Doobie um, you know, uh, interacted with Emilio as a man, as did everybody else, but then went and wrote about how they, uh, he was a woman, you know? Yeah. So, like, like, if, like, as a socialist, I don't know how you could do that if you're looking at the history through social relations, right? Because his social relations... Were those of a man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, how you could identify him as a as a woman? It doesn't make any sense to me as a socialist. Yeah. Uh, and so like these sort of like biases, you know, are always um, uh, something to watch out for. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug in the garden? Once again, Vilma Espin Community Garden. We got pumpkins growing. Uh, what else we got growing? We got basil, basil, tobacco, tobacco. Uh, hopefully Cuban tobacco soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, chiles. Huh? Chiles. Chiles. Uh, and I don't know what kind they are. Yeah. Um, but come through if you yeah. want to learn about gardening. Uh, and yeah. Another announcement we have is that we have recorded a special episode with with two podcasts turn leftist and decolonize buffalo i don't know if y'all y'all heard it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we talked about aslan and how it's bullshit um yeah gave a lot of uh our criticisms of aslan in that episode with rick yeah. mike didn't say much because he didn't he, did, he was just there to learn uh and it was mostly me and me and Rick going back and forth. <laughs> and me giving some, some me, yeah, and Chewy here giving a little bit of a a, a spice. Yes. Um, so listen to that; it's pretty good. I prepared pretty well for it. I think uh, nothing that we haven't said before. I think. Yeah. Um, but, but just if you're, if but you're very like... very thorough. I think like there we we discuss a lot of like the like sort of like the list like we go down the list of like all the pro uh aslan rhetoric and arguments and we just like sort of dismantle that um so check it out you can find out more information about this and other stuff we do at metro the issue on instagram and twitter if you want to stay um updated with the podcast hit us up at thw pod and yeah that's all everybody show continues Venceremos. 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 Roberto Musiño le dijo a Teodora respeta el cariño que cargo pistola la traigo con ocho tiros y van con dedicatoria. No vayas al baile con ese vestido pegado a tu talle y tan atrevido. Recuerda que soy alcaide y muy pronto tu Estás perdida y me arde la cara que salgas vestida con ropa entallada. Todos los hombres te miran. 
Darle gusto a la vida. 